Welcome back to 7 Seconds or More. This is episode 34. I am your host, Peter Howarth, joined as always by Duncan Adele and Daniel Park. How are you guys doing? Doing good. Glad to be back on the pod. I'm so excited for this today's episode. I can't wait. Yeah, this is going to be a good one today. We're going to talk about the All-Star game as well as the upcoming NBA trade deadline. A lot of hot-button topics, but... Before we get started, episode 34, Shaquille O'Neal was number 34 mm. on the Lakers. Mm. Not to mention Hakeem Olajuwon, Charles Barkley, Paul Pierce, Young wow. Ray Allen. And then uh, in terms of current players, you have Giannis Antetokounmpo. Pretty good. Wendell Carter okay. Jr., favorite of the show. Even better. That is, that's a guy. And then a guy who I think should be a favorite of the show, but he's not for some reason. We don't talk about him. Ken Rich Williams. Kenny. We love him. Kenny from the block. Yeah. <laughs> Duncan, yeah, I know yeah, you're, yeah. You're, you're a big fan of Ken Rich's work, right? Oh, I'm a, an enormous <laughs> fan. I, I love Mr. Mr. Williams. All right, do we have he's to do a... OKC to some great things. Ah, Dan, you ruined it. I was going to say, do we have to do a who does he play for with Duncan? <laughs> Uh, oh, I already looked him up. <laughs> ah, one step ahead of us. Um, yeah. So before we get started, uh, we will do a segment of full court press where we do a couple hot button topics around the league quickly and see how bad our takes are. First question: Luka Doncic and Zion Williamson have gotten signature shoes in recent years. John Morant had his Shaw ones revealed on Christmas. And we have learned recently that Jason Tatum and Jose Alvarado have sneakers on the way. Who should be next? I personally think it should be Devin Booker. Devin Booker, he is a fashion icon. He's always dropping fits, matching his Mm -hmm. cars. I think he should have his own shoe. I don't think it's going to happen because Shaw got his own shoe. He is an Nike basketball guy. Also, Booker loves wearing Kobe's, and I think he might rather keep wearing Kobe's, similar to what DeMar DeRozan does, was still wearing Kobe's his whole career. But I think I would wear the book ones, personally. I think they'd be sick. I, I think SGA needs his own shoe. He's a... Uh... I, I've, I've recently followed league fits. I don't know how I didn't follow them before, but SGA, I think he's got some of the best all the time. Man, stylish on and off the court. Uh, he and he's been he's been balling this year. You know, a little, little maybe Canada inspired for the for the Canada crowd. It'd be cool to go. see him have his own shoe. Those would be sick, actually. It's good. That's a good pick. Good pick. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Mr. Anthony Edwards, up and rising superstar. Mm-hmm. It's been on fire for the past like two months. Uh, exciting player to watch. A must watch every night. Yeah, that's my pick. I like it. I'm going to do an honorable mention solid, here solid. to, uh, you know, we talked about a lot of guards. I want a guy who's a little bigger, uh, also a flair for the fashion. And I think it'd be funny if he had to deal with like Puma or something. Kyle Kuzma. If he, if they came out with the Ooh, Kyle Kuzmas, the, the Kuzes in the pink sweaters, you know, everyone would buy those, right? Absolutely. The pink sweater koozies. Instant cop. Those would be tough. Speaking of which, Duncan, you've got to have a pair of the Lamellos, right? Do you not have a pair? Uh, the Rick and Mortys, they're in the mail. They're in the mail. <laughs> well, maybe if they're Actually, Rick and Mortys. I actually like his purple ones. Should, I forget what they're called. <laughs> you, should, you should send the Rick and Mortys back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. Are we talking about the, the, the purple ones? Uh, yeah, the purple ones are clean. He wears those all the time. Yeah, those ones look nice. They look really nice, and I like how it's. I don't know if it's like necessarily Hornets colors, but it's got the, the little green. It's just like I don't know. I can't wear that. I'm not like coordinated yeah. enough. I feel like like maybe here in France, like I could get away with it <laughs> because people like dress to the nines to go on the the metro to school, you know. But back in the U.S., like like would I wear that to Target? Like I, I don't know what I'd be doing with it. Yeah, there's a there's a fine line of of basketball shoes that you can wear only to play in, <laughs> or you can maybe wear off the court. And yeah, I I think it's firmly on the the hooping side of that. Question number two: 
Uh, by the way, disclaimer for this question. I swear I did not steal it from Jake J. Reddick. It's a new video series on YouTube. I tuned in and he talked about this exact question. I already had it written. I already wanted to talk about it, so I didn't change it. But I, I, I don't need any more accusations of being the JJ Reddick fan club pod. That being said. We're just regurgitating before he even regurgitates it, you know? Like exactly. it's, it's preemptive copying. It's great. I, I, need to, flattery. I need to look around the room for a bug, I swear. Stealing all of our ideas. <laughs> So question number hey, two. I said, I said the thing about the the sun's... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, just say it. I said the thing about the sun's owner, like the new owner coming in charge and wanting to shake things up and uh, Woj, like the next day or 12 hours later, like was like, oh, looking new sun's owner could have full control before the trade deadline. It's like, what, what did I say? <laughs> You're visionary. <laughs> I, we got a lot of fans of the pod. Apparently, Woj is one of them. Yeah, uh, for sure, for sure. He's definitely tuning in every time. Question number two. Should all-star rosters expand from 12 players to 15? Uh, just a couple caveats on this. It would mean even less playing time for the players. And uh, B, there are already a lot of replacement players due to injuries. So uh, the pool of possible all-stars would get even larger. Curious, either your thoughts. So is the mm. argument kind of that like tw- it, it, the the starters haven't increased as the teams in the NBA have increased? Uh, that was what JJ always been 12? discussed a lot, yes. Yeah, so like I do see that, but also I feel like it means more since it's only 12. And like, I don't know, you, you could expand it and it would mean less playing time, but it would make that honor even more prestigious because yes, there are players that deserve to be all-stars, but you know, they weren't all-stars because there was a player better than them. So it, I think it gives like a little more more emphasis to the award, especially since the reserves are they are positionless, right? So like that's not you're not getting like screwed over because there's more centers or forwards or guards or whatever. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think KD he came out on a pod I think sometime last week, maybe a couple of days ago, talking about how he was talking about the dunk contest at All Star Weekend and how G-Leaguers are playing um, and how kind of the, you know, the prestigiousness of the prestige of All-Star Weekend has been going down. He's talking about how he wants to see John Morant in the dunk contest, Zion Williamson in the dunk dunk contest. Um, And yeah, I think I agree with Duncan. If you increase the roster spots, I think it takes away from kind of the, uh, the, what makes All-Star Weekend special, being selected to the All-Star Game, coming out to that event is such a huge achievement, but maybe it's lost its purpose in recent years. Yeah. So, yeah. And what you're saying with, like, the dunk contest, like, it, I mean, having the guys that are, like, the young rising stars doing it and seeing Jalen Green put an NFT on his around his neck and miss, like, four dunks in a row <laughs> makes you not want to watch the dunk contest. Like, that's <laughs> what I remember about the dunk contest was how bad it was. Like, even though, like, like I don't know, Obi Toppin a couple of years ago, like, finally got a dunk, and you're like, oh, wow, he can, he can dunk. But I don't know, you're not you don't know Obi Toppin. You're not going to turn the all-star game on or the all-star events on to watch Obi Toppin dunk. And it's just kind of a shame when it's one of the most entertaining parts about the NBA is the dunking. That's why I have the perfect candidate for the dunk contest. John Moran. He's a household name. Kids love him. He's an all-star. So he'll be there, or he should be an all-star. And he'll miss a ton of dunks. So everyone who likes seeing the missed dunks, (laughs) you'll still get that. You know, SportsCenter will be tweeting out the missed dunks. Yeah, the almost dunks. Of course. <laughs> uh, I, I still I, love seeing that rising stars alley oop video with like at the end of the game, and like they, they show that all the time, and they don't show the end because he doesn't make the dunk. <laughs> uh, well, I think the rising stars format, what they did, making this sort of tourney style, um, I think that's making it more intriguing because the rising stars game just used to be the all star game, but for younger players. <laughs> And so this way, at least, it's a different format. It's a little more enticing to watch. Uh, but what I think is why the 
these players aren't participating in like the dunk contest, why it's lost the allure for some reason is because the NBA is just such a big force now and it's such an entertainment uh, just monopoly. And these players, as soon as they come in the league and even with NIL and college, um, they are such celebrities already. And so they don't need the platform of the dunk contest in order to boost their status. Um, and some of them with the endorsements they get off the court, they don't need the like million dollars or whatever the prize is. Um, they just don't need it. And mm-hmm. they don't need that risk. Um, and maybe some in their organizations don't want them to do it either. So they don't need to risk that relationship. Um, it sucks because you think having Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant be in the dunk contest and how so many of the current generation looks up to them, that would um, maybe inspire them. So at the end of the day, maybe we, we have to blame <laughs> LeBron because he didn't do the dunk contest. <laughs> Yeah. Do you think it just takes one guy, like one person like LeBron or like Jaw or any of the, the all-stars or main stars just takes one of them to want to do the dunk contest, blow everyone out of the water. And then the next year people will be like, oh yeah, like I, if, if it gets a good reaction, they're like, yeah, I want to be on the front page of everything with my dunk that destroyed everyone else. And it, it's just going to take one guy to, to put themselves out there and do it to get everybody to doing it again. I mean, I think it could, but then again, that could happen, and then after like two years, it dies off again. Um, I don't know. Maybe there's sure. a that that is like maybe the one contest that really hasn't seen a large, significant format change. Um, and and you know maybe we've talked so much about re- in recent years the three point contest is really like the highlight of All Star Weekend. Um, so yeah, maybe they just need to change things around to where the league is. Yeah. Uh, our third question here, Super Bowl. Super Bowl 57 coming up in about a week and a half. So, Chiefs or Eagles? What do you think, Peter? <laughs> uh, I'm going Chiefs. I cannot... I want to win. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd also like the Chiefs <laughs> to win uh, because I, I don't need any more Philly fans having any more ammo, firepower. Um but also, I can't pick against Patrick Mahomes. I call him the Steph Curry of football. Um, and, you know, mm. I love watching Steph Curry play, even if he beats my team. Um, I feel the same way about Patrick Mahomes. So, go Chiefs. It's a good pick. Good pick. Yeah, I think I'd have to agree with you, too, for similar reasons. Although I do really like Jalen Hurts. It's just like... I, I hate the Eagles, so it's hard. It's hard to cheer for Jalen Hurts, even if uh, I don't necessarily dislike the players on the Eagles. But also, I think not only just like Patrick Mahomes, but it'd be cool to have like Travis Kelsey have another championship. Um, and like, I mean, I, I don't know if he's the greatest tight end of all time, but it'll be fun to start having that debate and compare him to to Gronk and the Tony Gonzalez and everyone else, because uh, he definitely is up there, and we, we know how accolades really unfortunately do matter in the the greatest of all time debate even though sometimes it seems like it shouldn't matter as much yeah i'm i admittedly don't watch any football during the regular season or playoffs (laughs) really but i will be choosing the philadelphia eagles Mm. solely based on the fact that they have so many haters and um I just want some chaos. I want chaos. I want people to be angry. Uh, a lot of my <laughs> friends here at school want the Chiefs to win as well. Uh, so I'll be going the other way. You're the potster. <laughs> I like Are it. you going to put money on it? <laughs> no money. No money. No money. <laughs> just bragging rights. It's all for the chaos. Speaking of chaos, we're going to talk about some of our favorite <laughs> fake trades that we've been sort of workshopping. It's, it's one of my favorite parts of the NBA trade I Personally, when all of us couch GMs like to mess around with the trade machine, act like we could be a real NBA GM. And even us trying to do like a one-for-one trade, we can't even figure out. So to all the cap gurus out there, (laughs) you're the real MVPs. We will go through some of our favorite fake trades. I'll kick us off with Phoenix's own Jay Crowder. He has notably not played this year because he wants out. uh, Because I don't know, he doesn't like winning, I guess. Uh, But I have him going to the Memphis Grizzlies in exchange for Danny Green and two second-round picks. Personal favorite of mine because it gives Grizzlies another veteran wing 
one that can take some minutes away from Dylan Brooks, who is a little shaky at times. Uh, Memphis's own Chris Vernon, he actually <laughs> talked recently about how they loved having Crowder. He was only there a half season in 2019-2020. Um, Danny Green, of course, he had a feel-good return to the court last night because he tore his ACL in May of 2022, and it might kind of sting them to trade a couple seconds because they, they love just picking those guys off in the second round who they love, like Desmond Bain, probably the most notable there. Uh, but I think they need to push the chips in. Phoenix, they get a veteran wing, space the floor around Devin Booker. They are the sixth oldest team in the league, um, provided the weird website I went to was accurate. Uh, <laughs> and so some of those second rounders, they can take some flyers, uh, really decrease the age of that uh, roster. Yeah, I mean, I think this is a not necessarily a win-win trade, but it's like neither side really loses too much because both teams have been playing without these players all season. Mm -hmm. Um, It's definitely more of a win, I feel like, for the Suns because, I mean, Jay Crowder is like an asset that's losing value the closer and closer it gets to the trade deadline because he's not going to play for them. He's on an expiring deal. So I think they could do this, but... um, I don't know if the Suns will will get two seconds for it because the Grizzlies could could very well be like, well, we're your only offer. This is the only way you're going to get a player to play for your team without just cutting him. And so maybe maybe they'll get Danny Green in one of the seconds, or just I mean, I, I guess it is hard to just fathom just Danny Green for Jay Crowder. But I wonder how much leverage they would have with the whole situation. But I, th- I think that's a good trade. I think it could definitely a version of it could definitely happen. Yeah, I think fit-wise, it's it's funny to think about the locker room. Jay Crowder on that Grizzlies team, a notoriously uh, big trash talker. Uh, and the Grizzlies, they're fearless right now. They're they get they seem to get into scraps every every game with Jaws' dad, especially getting involved. <laughs> um, and Jay Crowder is just going to add more fuel to that. Uh, yeah, he brings certain tenacity. I can't speak on the quality of his play at the moment but yeah just personality wise i think he fits that that hunger as for crowder he was uh he's been heavily linked to the milwaukee bucks uh the bucks are notoriously short on on really any draft ammo the grizzlies are pretty set so it could be those second round picks that could set their uh price apart that could make their their deal ultimately went out because they have a lot more control of their future seconds um but crowder that is a pretty small scale move for the grizzlies considering again like danny green crowder haven't played really at all for their respective teams this year so what if the grizzlies pushed in and got maybe an og and a newbie they've been heavily linked to him but dan i understand you have og going somewhere else yeah, that was another flawless transition, Peter. Um, <laughs> I'm going to be sending OG to the Nuggets along with Chris Boucher, Otto Porter Jr. And in return, the Raptors would receive Bones Highland and Mr. Michael Porter Jr. Um, I think just to start off, this move makes a lot of sense for Denver just because they get one of the best wing defenders in the league, obviously. Um and a lot of what Michael Porter Jr. provides is length on the wing. His shooting is great and nearly impossible to guard at that stature. But scoring isn't Denver's issue right now. And I think OG is more is a more than sufficient three-point shooter. Um, their biggest concern is depth and defense. I think it always has been. Um, but the two-man game between Jokic and Jamal Murray, I think when it's on, it's nearly impossible to stop. But yeah, going back to their depth, Bone with Bones leaving, their backup guards would be um, Ish Smith and Christian Braun, I think. Yeah, um, I mean, they also got Bruce Brown as sort of like a tweener. That's true. Um, I think Ish Smith is cooked personally, but <laughs> Christian Braun has shown flashes. So I don't think, I think that Christian Braun can absorb those minutes that are left behind by... Um, bones if he leaves and in terms of toronto i could see a few arguments of why it might not make sense for the raptors to do this um but i think it's more about the fit 
know, the Raptors have excellent length and perimeter defense. They have three players that are kind of similar in both Scotty, uh, OG, and Siakam. I think adding Michael Porter Jr. helps in terms of, you know, their three-point shooting and um, having a backup point guard for Fred Van Vliet. Their perimeter defense would not be as good, but I think it might be a trade-off worth making. Um, and I guess another thing is that you might be thinking that the Raptors could be getting more for OG. I don't know if they can. I think we're all falling victim to, you know, like a masterclass leaking job by the Raptors president, Masai Ujiri, to drive OG's value up. There have been reports that they're getting three first round picks, but they're all protection heavy, low value picks. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think yeah. it's crazy that people are thinking that, you know, for OG, they can get Herb Jones, Dyson Daniels, who is a very good player, and three firsts for OG, or for in terms of Portland, they get Anthony lot. Simons, Shaden Sharp, three firsts. I think that's just a little delusional. Yeah, and, I mean, it's either yeah. like strategy or, or delusion. And if it's delusion, then OG's not going anywhere because I don't think anybody would offer anything close to that for him. And yeah. you, Mr. President up there is going to really think that going to hold out on OG. He's like, no, he's worth three first round picks, three first round picks. Like, I, I wonder what's with these these owners and if they, they talk to their GM, well, I guess president, not owner, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think, this, it does make sense for Toronto on, on to a degree. Uh, Fred Van Fleet is someone who's also been uh, heavily linked in these rumors, also heavily rumored to be worth like, yeah, three first round picks or some absurd amount. Um, so I think Bones gives them Fred insurance. Um, Duncan and I sort of mentioned before the show that Bones, it, it is rare to find a player on a rookie deal second year of a four-year rookie scale contract he's on the cheaper end of it because he's somewhat later of a pick and he's actually like a rotation player he's not like damaged goods he's not like jalen smith or someone like that who the Suns sort of wanted to cast off like he, he's a he's a real player he has his his yep. defensive deficiencies and and some he's vertically challenged to a degree um but uh <laughs> he, he's a playmaker off the dribble uh, as well as a shot creator at the point guard position. That's, it's a valuable asset, especially to a team like the Raptors who struggle to score in the half court. So uh, being able to, for a somewhat smaller market in the Raptors, being able to get a guy like that under team control, uh, for what it's worth, Michael Porter Jr. also has more years left on his contract than OG and Anubi. Uh, I think it's an intriguing trade. Um, both smart front offices uh, and we've seen Toronto likes to make moves in order to get guys under the right sort of team control and structure when they did that uh, Norman Powell for Gary Trent Jr. deals because they didn't want to tra- pay Norman Powell and they got Gary Trent under contract and under team control. So similar sort of framework here. Uh, I like it. I, I don't think it's going to happen. I think it's little, maybe not the structure. <laughs> Toronto would want for Ananubi. I don't know if if you're hearing these rumors and of three first round picks. Yeah, I mean may, maybe Denver gives up a first here, but I I don't know. They don't really have a a deep pick arsenal to deal from. Yep. Yeah, no, I, I agree, but I think it is slightly concerning that there is Bones like they want to trade Bones Highland. Like I, I'd be, or do we know why? Is there, I, I didn't like see anything in a quick Google search, but I mean, he was on like, he was on JJ's show. Seems like an amicable guy who likes to be on the team and everything like that. There's no like big scathing report about it. And so it is just weird, like to have a, a guy who's not costing you a lot of money to be out. So maybe there is something, something beyond that, that is uh, keeping teams from trading for him that we don't know yet. I personally think they value a in a backup point card. They value someone who is able to control the pace and and just be an ultimate setup guy. Like I think Tyus Jones is really their sort of form formula. Uh, Monte Morris was similar, and Bones he's a streaky shooter. Um, 
they don't necessarily need that. I think they would value defense and bones brings virtually none of that. So, uh, honestly, I think they, if they could just get Monte Morris back, that could help. But the Contavious Caldwell Pope trade was a net positive for them. So, uh, I don't know if there's a deal out there that exists where they get a, just a solid veteran backup point guard back in a trade. There probably is one, um, that, but yeah. Maybe bones. for Fred instead of, uh, them. Ooh, I don't know how that would work. Fred, ooh, that is <laughs> spicy. <laughs> I'm going to have to look at the contracts. Cause I mean, there is the, all the drama with Fred there, but would Fred want to be a backup point guard? <laughs> yeah, I feel like Fred wants to win. Uh, but part of that would be yeah. Denver's a small market. Fred has his contract coming up. Uh, is that too all in for Denver or what they value a guy who they have at least under control for another year? Cause I think Denver has been hesitant to go like all, all in. I think the rumors around Highland, uh, signal that they may be willing to push all in. They recognize the yeah. sort of window they have here in the Western conference. But I don't know. I, I, I do think they'll make some move. I don't know if it'll be Bones Island, and I don't know what it'll be for. But uh, OG and Anubi would be, uh, they'd be slapping their you-know-what on the table and, and saying, we're in it to win it. Yeah, yeah, slapping their wallets on the table, kids. Absolutely. They're, they're, they're getting the checkbook out. That is what we're slapping <laughs> on the table. Yep, slapping their, their draft pick arsenal, their, their treasure chest of picks. <laughs> yep. Uh, now, speaking of, of teams in it to win it, uh, I understand, Duncan, you had something cooked up with the Kings, potentially. Potentially, yeah. So I think I was just trying to go through of players that want out. And we talked about Jay Crowder a little bit. And then another guy that came to mind was John Collins, because for whatever reason, he's unhappy in Atlanta. So uh, the Kings were a team that came to mind at first when I searched uh best uh, 2k team to play as a power forward because you know that's how you figure out what team needs power forward but but that is interesting because they are they are like close they're they're not that far away from being a sneaky deep run playoff team you know i'm not going to say championship contender i think that is maybe a little much but right now they're like they're the third seed they are a, a solid playoff team and a piece like john collins to kind of replace their weak link of the power forward could help push them over the edge. So I had Harrison Barnes, Davion Mitchell in a second for John Collins. Does this help the Hawks? I don't really know. So maybe that's why it's, this is like a, a trade workshop segment because I don't know if I would do this trade if I'm the Hawks. So what do mm-hmm. you guys think if you're the Hawks? Hmm. Well, I, I think this kind of shows why everyone's talked about John Collins for like every year on how, He's on, he's, he's on the block. Where is he going to go? Uh, John Collins is, is always the biggest name, but he never goes anywhere. I think with the contract and how clearly how other teams view him, uh, it's hard to make that work. We've talked so many times on how it may be easy to go in the trade machine and do this, but trades of that magnitude, they just get hesitant. They, they just want to wait and see and have results of their own guys. Uh, so it's hard to do a big trade like that in season. But uh, that being said, uh, I think John Collins, if he's in the right role, I think he could serve an Aaron Gordon-like role where he is a, he's a rim runner, mm-hmm. high-energy guy. He can space the floor a little bit and be part of a, of a good team offense. Uh, that's what he would be in in Sacramento. Uh, as for Atlanta, uh, Harrison Barnes is a veteran. They've had some instability in really their organization lately. Uh, he's been a part of a winning environment in Golden State. Uh, so that checks a box. Uh, Davion Mitchell, he is some insurance for whatever ends up happening between Trey Young and DeJounte Murray. Uh, he also gives them some defense, which, I mean, I, DeJounte Murray does give them the defense, but Mitchell also gives them defense. And second round pick for the road. These teams work together in the offseason with the Kevin Herter trade, so they're familiar with each other. But the Hawks fired their GM, so I don't know. Uh, the Hawks are, are just a real kind of dumpster fire to a degree. Um, but if there's a trade that I, I think is interesting, this would be one of them because Sacramento, they recognize the beam team is alive and that 
the fans are loving it and they're a real contender in the West and, and why not go and help that core? Yeah. Uh, I agree with everything you guys said. Uh, I think the Kings definitely need a wing and someone as athletic as John Collins would be a great positive to them. Plus he's on the younger side. Um, even though he's an overpriced Bobby Portis that can't create his own shot. Um, I think that, <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> I think that he'd be a great fit on the Kings. Um, he'd probably slot in at the four. Yeah. I don't know what that yeah. means for Keegan Murray, but true. He he is a young Bobby Portis that can't create his own shots or younger, but um, at, actually, how old is Bobby Portis? Because he seems like he's like thirty two, but maybe he is yeah. like just twenty six. Like I don't know. He is tricking us. He was in the yeah. same draft class as Terry Rozier, just so you know. Okay, he's so like twenty seven years young. Oh gosh, so I guess only two years older than John Collins. Wow. But then the other thing with John Collins is just like the the some of the reports that I was just looking up here a little bit are him being unhappy with how Trey runs the offense. And I don't know when, like when the, the guy that just came in, who's a fourth year kind of big man, who's not really doing too much is having disputes with like the face of the franchise. Like it doesn't, doesn't seem like it's great chemistry or great environment for winning basketball, but also at the same time for the Kings, you know, they are winning right now. Maybe if you're the GM, you just, you already have like GM of the year, like in, in the bag. Maybe you just don't mess with it and just let it play out. So no one can say you ruined it or anything like that. But then while we were talking about Jay Crowder and all that uh, before the show, uh, the other permutation, because John Collins probably needs to get out of Atlanta um, for Atlanta and for John Collins, would be maybe to the Suns, a, a Jay Crowder and uh, Dario Saric to kind of match the contracts and a second um for for them so another another workshop trade but what would you guys think of that would that help both teams in this scenario i i think it definitely helps phoenix um just as another another floor spacer uh and obviously crowder is a as a nothing to them so it's instantly adding a rotation piece um i i would just want uh and some energy the only issue is john collins isn't really known for being a big rebounder um he's just it's hard to like figure out what john collins is he's just like a he's like an energy he's like larry nance jr but like better but not but like i but not by a lot i feel like i might rather have larry nance jr at at the very (laughs) least uh he's under contract he's young phoenix needs those two things at the moment to be honest with you um, so if they don't have to give up a first round pick, yeah, I would instantly do it if I'm Phoenix. Uh, and it, it is a splash by the new ownership, uh, for the Hawks. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. This might be a, a needing a third team involved, but Crowder, he, he would, he would do something in that locker room. He would change something. Uh, maybe they need, I don't know what he changed. <laughs> I don't know how it would go down. I don't even know if I'd want to be yeah. a fly on the wall, to be honest with you. But uh, maybe it's what they need, uh, a real culture shakeup. Uh, yeah, I think similar to the Kings, the Suns do need, you know, some more athleticism. And, you know, John Collins is as, da- as dynamic as he gets. So I think in terms of that, it would be it'd be refreshing for them to have that kind of a different angle to have on offense. But, yeah, the rebounding concern for someone at that size and playing the four, it's probably not great. Yeah. And I, I guess if you are the Hawks in this, you kind of look at like the, the valuation of John Collins or what he seems to be valued at and what you get in return in this, like Jay Crowder, Dario Saric in a second. And it does kind of leave like a, like a nasty taste in your mouth. Like, I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't seem quite right. Even though like maybe the, maybe it would, it would go through in 2k. Like, I don't think a, a GM would necessarily want to make that trade. His value is com- continuing to go down, though, I think, every day that passes. I think they realize that they can't get what they initially asked for him, gotcha. especially seeing the other trades that have gone around. So, yeah, I think it's difficult to tell what they can actually get, what what a good trade would be for them, um, and yeah. what his value is really at. Is the moral of the story to just trade during the off season when you can get seven first-round picks for a player? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, I think that Rudy Gobert trade may have stunted trading overall because it creates this 
I, I mean, you got to sort of base trades off of the value created off another. And when that precedent was set, I think every other team was like, whoa, whoa. If if he went for that much, how much, if Kevin Durant's actually available, was he like 10 first round picks? Like, well, how many, <laughs> how many are we talking about? Yeah. So yeah, it depends. Yeah. I think there's time. It's almost like if you, in the NFL, if you look at quarterback contracts, basically, if you're a good enough quarterback, your your extension will probably set the new bar because of how important the quarterback position is and based off the salary cap continuing to rise, you basically set it every time. And Unless you're the Baltimore Ravens. <laughs> except, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> For whatever reason. Whatever's going on with Lamar. But like Dak Prescott and the Cowboys, they sort of waited and bided their time with extending his contract. And in that time, there was like, Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson and all these other quarterbacks who who kept resetting the market. And so by the time it went around, the Cowboys had to spend like an extra, I don't know if this is a real number, but let's just say like $100 million because they had to keep resetting that market. So I think it's finding the time. Uh, clearly, Atlanta has been extremely patient with John Collins. To his credit, he's a good player, but I don't even know if he's too conducive to winning. If anything, he might be like a fourth or fifth option at best on a championship level team. Bobby Portis. Well, what would he be on the on the Suns? John Collins it would be uh, Devin Booker, Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton, McHale, and John. Correct. Yeah. I I think yeah, and you could even make the case, yeah. depending on how I mean, campaign streaky and Cameron Johnson streaky. So in any given night, they could be above John Collins. Gives him another guy. But, uh, yeah, I think John Collins is a bit overrated. But don't worry. We will check back in one week when none of those guys get traded because <laughs> that's how this will probably end up going. Yep. Uh, and if it makes us feel any better, I think we'd all be better NBA owners than Michael Jordan because uh, the Omar. Hornets, they're in great position to not tank and not cash in on the, the value they have with uh, uh, Mason, Wilt, Plumlee, um, and, and the other players on the team. So. Let's, I'm excited and dreading that as well. <laughs> Ultimate purgatory. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, so uh, the way it's shaping up, it does look like we will see no Hornets in the All-Star game. That that doesn't mean Duncan can't participate in the festivities. <laughs> we're going to transition to, uh, uh, we're going to draft the All-Star starters. Unfortunately, we have some poor timing because tonight we're recording this Thursday afternoon. Thursday night is when the All-Star Reserves are being announced on TNT. But don't worry. That'll just give you more of a reason to check back next week when we draft the Reserves. So set your notice, hit that notification bell to know to, to be notified when we release next week's episodes. Uh, that being said, we are going to replicate the exact draft format. Dan will be taking the mantle of LeGM, so you have a lot to <laughs> hold up to. Duncan will be the Greek freak. Uh, and because LeBron received more votes, uh, him slash Dan will pick first. And uh, lastly, as a reminder, this is not a snake format. Uh, so it'll go just back and forth here. And then when we do the reserves next week, Duncan slash Giannis will have the first pick. So all that being said, LeBron, you are on the board. Who is your first pick? The first overall pick, uh, Team LeBron will be selecting Luka Doncic. Uh, I think I'm looking for a crafty player in the profile of like a like a JJ Barea with like the triple double threat of like Jamario Moon of the Raptors. Jamario <laughs> Moon. <laughs> Him and Luka should not be in the same sentence. I believe in the actual draft he might select Steph or Jokic. Uh, or maybe his allegiances will line up with Kyrie or AD, considering that's who we're replacing Zion with. But I'll be taking Luca. Yeah, you know, I'm surprised. I thought for sure you were going to be taking uh, Jokic because uh, he is kind of the only true center in this. Uh, not that All Star is very position because all these players are fantastic, but I'm just gonna gonna be huge and have Giannis be his true power for itself and. With my first pick, I will be taking Nikola Jokic, center Nuggets, to be on Team Giannis. A little European action going on so far. It's hard to argue. 
it's hard to argue with those picks. Uh, Luca, I think, if you're talking about, I mean, the All-Star game, it's a balance, right? Between you want some guys who are super competitive and want to win, are fun, and are and you want on your team, but are also really damn good at basketball. And I think Luca certainly fits that. Jokic fits it as well. Luca's, I think, a sexier player. Uh, so I, I think I think it makes a lot of sense. So I think the question here becomes, who are we going to have with these next picks? Now, uh, mm. I forgot to include this before, but Zion Williamson was named a Western Conference All-Star starter, but based off his injuries, I think it's unlikely he will end up playing in the All-Star game. So we replaced him with Anthony Davis, who finished next in the final weighted voting results. So for uh, viewers at home, just just keep that in mind. Uh, LeBron, you are on the board. No, LeBron's a fan of the game. I think it's uh, difficult to argue against it. And I'm between two guys, but I'm going to be taking the easy money sniper, Trey Five, Mr. Kevin Durant of the Brooklyn Nets with my second pick. That is a good pick. That is a good pick. You can't go wrong with KD. Hopefully he'll be, uh, hopefully he'll be playing because KD in the All-Star game is a treat. Yeah, we, we did talk about this last week. It, uh, Shams reported that he is planning to be back before the break and to play in the game. So, yeah, we nice. would love to see KD in the, in the All-Star game. Nice. So with my next pick, there are a lot of good players on the board, and I feel bad not taking some of them. But I just I see uh, yeah. Mr. Jokic with a behind-the-back pass to a logo three. So I'm Don't going to it. take Mr. Stephen Curry. Um, uh, that is going to be fun to watch. I feel like Steph and Jokic would have been fantastic teammates to play together. Uh, again, there's really no bad picks, but that's a good one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> LeBron, you're up. With my next pick, I'm going to be taking uh, the young superstar from Boston, playing in Boston right now. Mr. Jason Tatum, uh, I think... I was I was considering Mr. Kyrie Irving, but you know, although LeBron is like a father figure to him, I'm gonna have to take Kate, I'm gonna have to take Tatum just because of that controversial no call from the weekend. Um, I think they'll share a laugh about it, and yeah, I'm taking Tatum. It's a, it's a good pick. Tatum fifth in the league in win shares according to Basketball <laughs> Reference, seven point three. Uh, uh, Jokic. For what it's worth, is first. Luka Doncic is second. Uh, and then wow. some of the guys we have are a little farther down due to injuries. But uh, again, Duncan, how are you going to match that Tatum pick? Uh, it's tough here because, I mean, <laughs> Anthony Davis is fantastic, but I feel like he doesn't fit with this team. The, the vibe is not there. And, and how can I pick Donovan Mitchell over... Kyrie and Anthony Davis. Yep. So I'm going to go Kyrie Irving. The man's going to go crazy. Him and Steph are going to be shooting it wow. out. Uh, maybe a bit of a controversial pick, but I think I, I've got I got Giannis and Jokic. AD would be uh, too much in there. The handles are going to be insane. Giannis, I, I, Steph, I will save my Kyrie. comments for later on that pick. Uh, <laughs> Daniel. Um, so this would be my final pick, I believe. Final pick of the starters. Uh, I believe I'll be taking Mr. Anthony Davis. He's, he's got the athleticism of like a Harry Giles. We need that in this team. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> um, he's going to put on a show. He's obviously comrades with uh, teammates, actually, <laughs> with LeBron and the Lakers. So he's a plus for team chemistry, and it's just a business decision. Wow. Uh, and so that does leave Donovan Mitchell – Going to Team Giannis, Team Duncan here. No, I, I'm happy to take Don. You know, he's 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 got a positive attitude. Um, I don't know why. For whatever reason, I feel like Don and Kyrie. It, it, it doesn't seem like it'll mesh. But you know, we'll 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 uh, Don will get subbed out first, and then we won't have him on the court together anymore. So <laughs> it'll work out. Well, I think Don's going to be in the game a lot. It's his return to Utah. I think he'll want to put on a show. Ooh. I think it's a it's a sneaky good pick. Uh, mm-hmm. My only trepidations were 
by by you leaving Anthony Davis on the board, I thought Dan would scoop him up, and that leaves you with three guards with Curry, Irving, and Mitchell. That's a small team, and I mean the shortest guy on Team LeBron here is Luca, and the second shortest is Jason Tatum. So that is uh, true. I was thinking of taking AD, but then I would have had to put him at the three. <laughs> <laughs> Because I had Giannis and Jokic. I guess I could put Jokic at the point guard. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Well, usually the team that starts the game is not not the group that ends the game. So I I don't think you would see Curry, Irving, and Mitchell ending the game. At the very least, uh, this is intriguing. Uh, We will put this as our poll for this week. Who do you think won the starters? Which team would you rather have? Again, just to recap, Daniel as LeBron has uh, obviously LeBron, uh, Luka Doncic, Kevin Durant, Jason Tatum, and Anthony Davis. That is a good team right there. (laughs) It's a damn good team. You could argue like that's your top five MVP candidates other than Jokic. Yeah, yeah. And then also Team Duncan as, as Giannis has Giannis, Nikola Jokic, Stephen Curry, Kyrie Irving, and Donovan Mitchell. So it's a fun again, team. it's a really fun team. Both very fun <laughs> teams. Well, again, it's hard to go wrong with the starters. So that'll be the poll. So if you listen to us on Spotify or don't, you can just head over anyways. Uh, click the episode description and scroll down, and you will see the Q and A and poll for this episode. And you can put your input and one of them will lose so get your votes in now i'll give you time you can do it right now i see you doing it yeah yeah a little farther down nice all right thank you for voting everyone uh we will now read the poll and q a from last week's episode uh our poll was who shouldn't start the all-star game this was before starters are it was either before starters were announced or right after they were and we're talking about the front court logjam in the Eastern Conference between Tatum, Giannis, Durant, and Joel Embiid. So as for who shouldn't have started the All-Star game, the winner was Giannis, who was yeah, the captain. He's a captain. So the irony there. Yeah. Also, I wish I could have said I had the foresight to do this, but going back to the, this uh, pick real quick. But um, uh, I feel like there's a uh, an East uh, All Star starter that got snubbed. That's better than AD. That I might be taking with my first pick next week. We'll see. But no, it is interesting that Giannis. Uh, we voted him out, and he was the captain. But the man is popular. <laughs> what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, the guy the the guy who got snubbed as well. He's he is a uh, he's a big All Star gamer. He uh, he really does turn up for the All Star game. Uh, he was Joel Embiid. He was second. Uh, so I guess some of the people did agree that Embiid should have been benched. Any thoughts on that? I mean, it is a popularity contest as well. And Joel Embiid, maybe it's the Philly curse. Maybe on any other team he'd be more popular. But he is less popular and therefore has less all-star votes and is less of an, a star. Maybe, you know, you know. Maybe he's an all NBA player, but less of a star. So uh, I'm not like horribly against that, even though maybe he is better than than Anthony Davis or has definitely had a better season than him so far. Yeah, he certainly doesn't get the same you know amount of respect that you know like a Jokic would. I think a lot of Nuggets fans they point to the advanced stats that uh, support Jokic being a better player than Embiid, um, and even in their matchup last week when well, Embiid or the Sixers beat the Nuggets. Jokic was pretty non-existent in that fourth quarter. Then the Sixers fans were coming back, uh, saying that Embiid's the best center in the league. And then, you know, just today, Jokic and Embiid are named Players of the Month for their respective conferences. So that's interesting. Yeah, one of, one of my favorite memes on NBA Twitter is that if uh, Embiid was European and his name was like Joel Embiidic, that he would be... <laughs> by far the leading uh, candidate and that it'd be like, he's, he's like Shaq, but he can shoot threes and, and everything uh, Shaq with a jump shot rather. Uh, so I, I think there's, I, he just loves playing the villain heel. Um, and I think that can, it can detract from his merits as a player. Uh, but I do think in real life as well, it would 
not surprise me if he ended up being the first pick of the reserves. Again, keep an eye out for that next week. Uh, as for our q and I'm glad you mentioned him earlier, Dan. Uh, we asked, what are your thoughts on the Shannon Sharp incident? And you said, Team Morant is who everyone thought LeVar was going to be. Very true. I completely agree. Uh, LeVar does go to games, but he, he kind of just minds his own business, loves watching his sons succeed and win. You um, don't see anything about him. No, it's disappointing. But Team Morant, you see a lot. <laughs> you see a lot. Yeah. Usher. Usher light. <laughs> he, he looked, it, it, it is kind of scary. He's very Usher like. Yeah, like I honestly thought that, like I, I know he's not Usher, but when I saw the picture of them side by side, I was like, oh, Usher looks like Team Morant a little bit. You know, it, it's it's not. It kind of goes both ways. It's just they they're kind of doppelgangery. Maybe it's the shades. Maybe if they lose the shades, you can. I think it's the shades. It's the shades. That's yep. true. That's true. Yeah, but I'm excited for our episode next week because we're going to start to have some weekly episodes, hopefully in a in a very uh, like methodical fashion. But we will be recording the episode one hour after the trade deadline. Um, was that on purpose? Yes, definitely 100%. But so you will be getting a fresh and new recap of the NBA trade deadline. So be sure to look out for that um, that episode and a nice a little analysis of what happens then yeah that's a that's a big one uh again i was i did not listen to jj's podcast and just have sudden revelation just something i want to do we like to pump out these episodes uh because there's you know hashtag the association's got a lot going on this league as they like to say um so we want to bring it to you that probably should have let off the show with this information if i'm being honest with you but uh it's all right We, we talked about it and got the information to the listeners here we go. <laughs> yeah, so uh, thank you, uh, everybody, for listening, and we will catch you all next time.